everybody. I'm here for another episode of Cosplay Bites, the show all about cosplay conventions and all the nerdy bits and bites and all that good stuff. So for this episode, I have the lovely Allie and Evie of Hope and Hope, Feathers Cosplay. Hope and Feathers Cosplay. Yep, that's right. Uh, how are you girls doing? Doing pretty good. Good, good. good. So, um, yeah, this is... Um, this is going to be an interesting episode, but before we get into that, um, just a couple of housekeeping stuff. Um, Cosplay Bites is the podcasting show that's available on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Um, if you guys want to uh, rate and review the show, that would help me out a lot in possibly getting me more sponsorships or more interesting opportunities and whatnot. So, yeah, and... Um, Currently, over on my uh, blog, The Lightning Palace, you can check out cosplay features and write-ups on outfits such as um, we got NG Knight's uh, Aqua from Kingdom Hearts, um, official goth Barbie's uh, Atlantic All-Star Skin to Mercy, Mina Starks as Starfire, Kate Sarkissian's Bakugo, and a whole bunch of other girls that I got lined up so far. And also, uh, just a quick shout out to my Patreon supporters. Um, I got Coralia Jade, Kat Yuska Moonfox, Mink the Seder, Nicole Marie Jean, Noah, Oh My Sophie, and Shaylin. And yeah, so that's all the housekeeping stuff. So let's get into this. This is going to be an interesting one. So on Facebook, there's this giant um, group that's for, you know, a bunch of photographers and cosplayers and whatnot. So I thought, you know, why not post a link to my show, maybe get some more interesting topics and guests. And that's where Allie and Evie came in. So, Hello. yeah. So we're going to talk about what they suggested. And that, honestly, it's an interesting one. Uh, but um, cosplaying when you have a disability. So um, probably, you know, if you think about those two things, probably some of the first things that come to mind are, you know, if you have a wheelchair and so, you know, people are thinking like, oh, well, that's a good, a good way to like uh, cosplay Professor X from X-Men, like an almost too common thing. So I know, <laughs> is that true? Oh, no, absolutely. I actually have um, had a complete ban on myself. I'm not allowed to cosplay Professor X um, <laughs> just because I want to do more interesting things. However, the Dark Phoenix movie, I really liked it, and it is testing me. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, so, yeah, you both of you girls have done other cosplays. Uh, I took a look at your instagram page uh before we started this and you've done poison ivy harley quinn and then other characters i probably don't know who they are if they're from anime <laughs> that's probably why yeah yes. uh so homer and madoka those are from anime um we've done uh we just did wally and eve from the disney movie that one was really fun because uh, oh. she actually oh. built wally's uh robot body over my wheelchair that was really fun it was my first really big build over her chair, and I'm really happy with how it came out. Um, it was kind of, I kind of just winged it the entire time. Uh, we read a lot of things about how 
certain people used foam and things like that to make a kind of lap table um, so that it could be taken off if you like really needed it to get off. Um, and so that it was also light so it didn't add too much weight to the chair, but that it also looked good. And then I just kind of went with that. Right. <laughs> and then also going with the environmental themes of the Disney movie, Wally is actually made of, uh, what did we say? 90%, 90%. recycled materials. So actually the foam that we use was packing materials from some of my medical supplies. Oh, wow. That's clever. Yeah. It was just a really fun challenge to get to do. And I hope we get to do bigger and more advanced things. Diva's so. mech. Yes, that's, <laughs> that's like the list. goal. Oh, boy. oh boy. All right. So why don't we get into this? So I'll let you two take over for a little bit. So talk to me about um, just the disability and like how cosplay has affected it or like how you've been able to like merge the two together, so to speak. Absolutely. So actually, um, I started cosplaying right about the time that my disability became symptomatic. So I have a genetic condition, uh, Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, and it um, I've always had it. I can look back at my childhood pictures and go, that is not normal. But no one really noticed until um, my 21st birthday when all of a sudden I could not walk. So um, I fall a lot. Um, and it was a very sudden, what do I do with my body? At the same time, I was working with a friend who's been doing cosplay since they were, I think, 12, and was running a mini convention at our college. So I got involved with that. Uh, so when I took a leave of absence from school, I really started started to go, what am I going to do with my time? And that's when I did my first cosplays. I did um, Pearl from Steven Universe, and I built, she has like a staff, a staff that I built out of PVC pipe to make it into a weight-bearing cane. So I had a six-foot-tall cane. That was pretty fun. Um, and that was kind of when I realized um, I was definitely using cosplay a lot to kind of explore and figure out and come to terms with my body that wasn't behaving in the ways that I was used to it and figuring out kind of how to work with that. And that's definitely kind of where it started and how I really started to love it. And then I now use a cane a wheelchair, arm crutches, or nothing depending. So that gives me a lot of freedom in what I'm going to use, uh, what supports I'm gonna need for the length of the event, right. or if it's right. a photo shoot, um, I can kind of figure out what I wanna do. As for me, uh, I've been doing theater my whole life. I've always been really interested in the technical aspect of theater, specifically in costume construction. Um, I have a really, really, really severe allergy to marijuana. Um, I, if I inhale it, I will go into anaphylaxis and wind up in the hospital. Ugh. So most of the time when I'm out of the house, I have to wear this mask over my face. And uh, that really kind of knocked me off the idea of ever being able to act or do anything like cosplay because I, you can only ever see half of my face most of the time. Um, right now, obviously I'm in my house, so I'm not wearing it. But um, it really, it felt like it limited me a lot and um i didn't realize that i had options like that until i met Allie, <laughs> and um she you know wasn't going to let that other stuff stop her and i realized hey i'm, I'm letting this stop me and i might as well stop that and have fun and um even on times when like there is no option for me to take off my mask and i have to wear it and it, i know it clashes with the character 
I still, you know, everything else is there and I still get to put the same work into it and the same love for the character. And there are a surprising number of characters I can work the mask into anyway. That's true. So yeah. I'm really honored to have met her and gotten the chance to realize, hey, that that can't stop me if I don't let it. And then um, from that, we realized kind of this is something that might be stopping a lot of people or like I know there are a lot of people who don't feel comfortable whether or not they're using something like a wheelchair, like a cane, like hearing aids or a service dog, or honestly, even down to glasses and kind of showing, hey, this is one, how you can work it into your costume, and two, how you can feel good about your costume, even if you're, it's just kind of there as part of you, because it's really just another part of any body type can cosplay. Right, yeah. It blends into that. Um, so we did a panel on kind of talking about at a recent convention in Albuquerque about how you can plan a costume around different disabilities, going into uh, mobility aids, going into latex-free makeup. Which is my thing. I love latex-free makeup. I'm not allergic to latex, but she is. And I've gotten a lot of really fun opportunities to try latex-free prosthetics. And um, I just really enjoy being able to offer that to people um, who are allergic to latex and think, oh, I can never do prosthetics or I can never do anything really cool like that. And th that's so not true. There are so many cool latex-free options. So that's that's one of my favorite things. Scarwax is the one we did yeah. most recently, right? Yeah, yeah, I did a Scarwax prosthetic when um, she did um, White, White Pearl. Pearl from Steven Universe and White Pearl only has one eye. Okay, the other yeah. one is kind of oh, like, yeah. all cracked up and gone looking. So I did this really cool prosthetic. I'm, I'm really happy with it out of scar wax and it was completely latex free and I think it looked really awesome. Good, good. So do you think the cosplay community has gotten more accepting for people with disabilities? Oh, definitely. Absolutely. I haven't really been in the community for very long, but I've never really run into any problems. Most, most of the cons that I've been to have been really access accessible. Um, the big ones always have like the ADA line which is super nice for people who can't wait in line for very long, um, especially for me, because if I'm standing out in the middle of a bunch of people and one person walks by with some marijuana on them, I'm out for the rest of the day. Um, so it's, I think that cons in general, and this might not be true for everyone, but in my experience have been really accessible, really accommodating, and some of the people, not just the people who run the con, but other cosplayers are always really excited to see people, especially people who this might be their first time trying out cosplay um, with new mobility aids or other assistive devices. I think most of the time people just seem really excited to see that stuff. And like, I remember the first convention I ever went to was WonderCon, I think in 2016. Um, I saw other people doing it already. Um, I saw this really cool person who had built uh, the Starship Enterprise onto the, her walker and another person who had told <laughs> who like some people have some great steampunk wheelchairs and like there's it's definitely a no. thing no. that's out there and around but I see it a lot more at conventions than I do like kind of passed around in more of a digital community so I definitely think that while it's very much there, it's harder for people to know where to get started. And then it's also the other thing I've noticed is it's harder for people to know whether or not it's okay to approach a cosplayer because, you know, the whole, well, you don't stare at someone in a wheelchair, that kind of 
is the same as really don't stare at someone. And both of those rules kind of change once you add cosplay into the mix. And I'm, I think that's definitely an area that people don't really know how to approach. Like, can I go up and talk about this person's costume with them when I know it's rude to stare at somebody using a wheelchair? Yeah, yeah, that would be a difficult thing to handle. Yeah, because you don't want to accidentally offend the yeah. person that is disabled and whatnot. Yeah. Um, well, we've never—I uh, don't think I've ever seen anyone be offended, but it's definitely something that people are worried about. Um, and it's something I worry about too. Like, I'll um, there's this lady that we met um, who had a, uh, a motorized scooter. And she was dressed up as Nurse Joy and had this whole thing around her that had all these stuffed Pokemon on it. And her um, scooter, it, it looked like a Pokemon Center with all these stuffed Pokemon on it. And it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And we saw, we saw her at probably four cons before I finally worked up the nerve to go talk to her about it. And, you know, she was so excited that someone else was interested and wanted to tell me all about how she made it. And um, it's just getting over that fear because I think a lot of people... Pretty much everybody who does cosplay is happy to talk about it. Um, so you just gotta, you know, be open about it. And if they say, hey, I'm not comfortable talking about this. Like that's one thing. That's one thing, but. There's really no problem with just honestly acting like it's any other cosplayer. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's not super different from asking, hey, how'd you build that shield? Hey, how'd you build that, that thing that goes over the top of your scooter? Right. And I, I mean, that was definitely hard for me to work out. I had to see this lady at four different events before I could finally talk to her. <laughs> yeah. So you guys, do you tend to cosplay from like anime more or video games or comic books or like I what's your favorite medium? We're pretty mixed. Yeah, <laughs> definitely a mix. We've done uh, Supergirl and Wonder Woman, Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn. Honestly, I think we probably. Oh, we also did the Captain American Buffy. Oh yeah, uh, we did yeah. Those, the closet ones. Um, so I think not as many superheroes, um, but pretty much everything else. Like we do steampunk, um, some weird fantasy designs. Uh, recently, we've been doing a lot of anime, but I think it's just because um, we have gotten really interested in our local anime convention. It's just such a welcoming environment that it's like, well, let's do okay. stuff specifically to bring there. Yeah, and then when I first got into cosplay, the, there was only a couple of characters I ever thought I'd like enough to cosplay, and um, most of them were from anime. So, uh, you know, that's kind of where my interest started, and then I was never big into comics or superheroes until I met her, and then I found out, hey, these are really fun costumes to make, too. Oh, um, upcoming, we have the Carolina Jean and Nico from Marvel's Runaways. Oh, so there's yeah, another, that's going to be fun. So definitely. Okay, so yeah. Hard. Yeah. That yeah, one's going to be fun. And then there's also, I'd like to, this one is way in the future, but um, there's a character, uh, Togo Memori from Yuna Yuki is a hero, is actually a, a magical girl in an anime who uses a wheelchair and doesn't magically gain the ability to walk once she transforms. She actually has like these ribbons that move her around, which is really cool. And so I think that'd be really fun to play with. Yeah, um, but I definitely want to put some more intense building into that one, and that's not a during the school year project. No, that is a summer only thing. Yeah, yeah. If you can't tell, anime is not my strong suit. So uh, yeah, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever people just say anime characters named from shows, I just smile and nod like, "Yes, okay, I know and what that is." My current dream cosplay um, is Eravos 
from the Dragon Prince, just because I want to cover myself in glitter and walk around in a cloak. Um, and <laughs> But we're waiting until season three comes out to see if there's anyone that she could cosplay with me for that. Because right. uh, he, do, he doesn't really interact with a lot of except people. Except for Viren. And, you and I don't like, I, no, I don't want to cosplay Viren. <laughs> I have a very specific, like, I will cosplay, I, like, I prefer to cosplay characters that I connect with, and I'm not necessarily going to want to cosplay the disabled character. So that's a character who does use a cane, and I use a cane, but there isn't that more like emotional connection, so I'm not really interested. I guess the same with Professor X is I've never had that emotional connection, and it's just been a, hey, you should do this. And I'm just like, eh. Also, it's overdone. Person. So I don't blame you for not wanting to cosplay Viren. <laughs> so we're waiting until season three comes out to see if there's if he talks to literally anyone else. Right. Okay. Um, anything else you guys wanted to add about disability and cosplay or? Um, just, I guess, be willing, be willing and open to try things. Um, know that there is a lot of resources out there. Um, and I guess be creative. So I've always, I really, one of my favorite things is making things that are not canes into something weight bearing. So anything that is a staff weapon, um, we're gonna do uh, Nico's staff of one. And then I'm actually, I'm gonna do Carolina, but I'm gonna be carrying the staff and we're gonna make that um, weight bearing. Uh, we've done a keyblade that was weight bearing and just by using kind of a stronger PVC and then decorating off of that and throwing a cane yeah. tip on it, it works great. Um, mm -hmm. So think yeah. of things that aren't necessarily, um, other things that I wanna do with my wheelchair are Diva's Mech and um, the Iron Throne from Game of Thrones. Ooh. So yeah, that was <laughs> gonna, gonna be fun. fun. Uh, we're, wait we're waiting until my foam sculpting skills get a little <laughs> bit better because <laughs> I, I, we want that one to be good. Especially since that's like been your dream cosplay from the very yeah. beginning. It, there's also the fact that her dress, that I want to do it with Sansa Stark, and her dress is going to take at least 20 yards of fabric. Okay, and, yeah. Yeah. So I guess don't be afraid to try things. Don't be, a, don't, please be innovative and. Uh, don't feel limited. Yeah, but you will, you will mess up. And there will be things that you'll try and just will not work. The, the build that we have on Wally is actually my second attempt. The, <laughs> the first, first one, one would not stay the on. The first one totally failed. Um, so things will fail. There will be materials wasted, but not really wasted because you're learning stuff. And just don't give up if one thing doesn't work. You will you will find a way. If there is a if there is a will, there's a way. And uh, all the disabled people I know are extremely stubborn. So uh, I do not doubt that um, if you are determined to make this work, you will make it work. And then on the other side, I guess, if you see someone and you think, oh, that might be a disabled cosplayer, you know, don't really worry about it, I guess. Just kind of be willing to, if you're, if you would go up um, to any other person, don't do it differently. Don't change how you would normally act. It's not necessary. And uh, don't pet service dogs. <laughs> don't trust them. Um, even if they're in like, a great costume. Um, I love, uh, I have my service dog. I'll normally have at conventions and um, I can't put costumes on her, but I know a lot of people who do like a cosplay Corgi is one who does a really good Corgi job. Cosplay. Um, but her Instagram username is 
cosplay Corgi, oh. and then her Guess name who's is dyslexic. <laughs> um, so <laughs> she does really great costumes on her actual service dog. Um, I what I'll do is I'll do like matching patches. So I had a Kingdom Hearts. Uh, we did Naminé and Shion, and I did a patch that said she's, uh, I'm her service dog, I'm her power. And then for our Wally and Eve, she has one that says uh, foreign contaminant service dog. So um, <laughs> there's a lot of fun to be had there. But um, on the opposite of feel free to approach a disabled cosplayer, don't feel free to approach a cosplaying service dog because they look great and they're still doing their job. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, okay. Well, so how about what was your last convention that you both were at? Uh, <laughs> that was, <laughs> we, we, we were went at to San Diego Comic-Con. We went to two days. Oh, how was that? It was it was a crazy. Lot. It I, was very yeah. fun, but hugely uh, overwhelming. Biggest convention we've ever gone to, and I think we're gonna wait a few years before trying that one again. Yeah, <laughs> um, it was a uh, it was a lot of people, and um, it was the biggest convention I've ever been to. Uh, it was very overwhelming, but I, I really enjoyed it. We got to go to um, the Dragon Prince panel, and that was awesome. We met some really wonderful people. Um, turns out, uh, at these really huge conventions, um, when they, you know, see someone who's using, like, an a mobility aid or something, they'll come up to you and say, are you the ADA? And the ADA stands for Americans with Disabilities Act, and it's, like, 8 o'clock in the morning, and I've been awake <laughs> since 6, and there's this person asking me if I'm a law, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I guess? But what they were trying to figure out is if we needed to be in the ADA line, line, um, and that's when we figured out that um, that was something to look for. So yeah. um, definitely ask when you get to a, a convention and you check in at the disability services desk, it's not just enough to get checked in. You also need to ask what the accommodations are. are. Because, uh, you know, they just give us our little stickers and we're like, okay, have fun. And then, you know, I have someone asking me if I'm the ADA and I'm like, no. <laughs> I am not the ADA. But it was huge. It was awesome. Oh, we also did the Dark Crystal booth. That was oh, fun. Yeah, that was, and then we saw the Steven Universe karaoke. And the Steven Universe karaoke, they actually had a wheelchair lift to get up onto the stage so that anyone could do the karaoke. Because we didn't even get in line. We assumed, you know, she wouldn't be able to get up to the stage because there were stairs. And then yeah. they were walking past this guy. I was like, oh, yeah, no, we have a lift. And I was like, whoa, what? You have a lift. So it was great, super accessible, tons of people. It felt like three weeks worth of convention crammed into two days. And it was enough fun to last a couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you'd be able to handle New York Comic Con then. Probably, Probably not. not. <laughs> That's my big convention every year. So I'm really looking forward to that one. Maybe like once every five years, I could do San Diego. Yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, because New York is a little bigger, right? It, I, I don't know if it's been consecutive, but I have seen that it beaten San Diego in attendance. Yeah, yeah. So. which doesn't surprise me. I mean, that's where probably the biggest cosplay communities are. Right. In California, New York. Yeah, I'd love to experience San Diego at least once in my lifetime. It, yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely worth, worth it. it. Definitely worth doing at least once. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, 
any upcoming conventions you're looking forward to for the rest of 2019? Uh, yeah, we have um, a local science fiction convention um, in Albuquerque, Bubonicon. That was my first convention. <laughs> Bubonicon is amazing. Yeah, it's very small. The creator to uh, the creator to fan ratio is super high. It's pretty equal. It's yeah, very equal. it's it's very equal. So that's really cool. There are and, a lot of authors there. Um, a lot of um, a really surprising number of older people, um, like parents and grandparents generations. Um, so it's really cool to get to know these people who have been hardcore, really heavy science fiction fans since, you know, science fiction began. Right. And right. it's really, really cool to get to see, and also um, people who have been sewing their entire lives, um, who have like 50, 60 years of sewing experience mm -hmm. and can really make these amazing, amazing things. My very first time there, I saw this couple who was um, cosplaying Elrond and um, Calabrian from uh, Lord of the Rings. Okay, yeah. I just like followed them around the convention drooling. <laughs> and finally I worked with the nerve to ask, Hey, did you make this? And they're like, Oh yeah. And the lady was like, Oh yeah, it took like two weeks. And I was like, What? <laughs> this looks like a year's worth of embroidery. <laughs> Plus all of the like it's really fun to do more of the steampunk and original designs. So that's one of the things. Um, I think the first time I went there, I did a uh, 1950s retrofuturism uh, poison ivy, and that one was really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah I always and it's, get it's a very really small con. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I always get a kick out of wearing my uh, steampunk Nightwing from nice. DC Comics. Yeah, and I, and it's always interesting because I mean, I would do the um, his new 52 red outfit, which not many people do. Because they just think of it classic blue, which, I mean, I like it classic yeah. blue. It's my favorite color. But, I mean, you know, red's something you don't see every so often. So Yeah, that's one of my favorite things about uh, Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn is that they're so recognizable just from body paint and hairstyles that we can put them into all of these different situations um, and kind of have all of those variants and still have them be recognizable cosplays. Yeah. 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 All right. Um... So when you make your outfits, um, do you typically have a favorite format or like material to work with? Like, do you prefer sewing or do you prefer like working with like warbla or like armor work or stuff like that? So my background is in competitive sewing. I did um, competitive sewing as a child from the, I think, sixth grade until I graduated. Um, so that's definitely something I'm very comfortable with. And cosplay is really a way to take those skills in a much more um, relaxed and fun sort of an atmosphere. Competitive so I really enjoy sewing? Yes. Yes. Wow. Um, so she was... knows the technical right way to do <laughs> literally everything. Not everything. Literally everything. <laughs> But um, it's really fun kind of experimenting with shortcuts and, hey, I can make this work. Um, I think lately what I've been doing um, this year has been the year of making my own bias tape. I've probably made 100 yards of bias yeah, tape. At least. At least. <laughs> and then the funny thing is I come from the exact opposite direction of that. It's that I've done theater my whole life. And then theater is um, 
it doesn't matter how you do it as long as it looks good. And um, so when we first met, we have completely opposite <laughs> sewing backgrounds is that um, I can like, I can turn one yard of fabric into two yards to make a pattern out of it if I need to. But I have literally no idea how to make bias tape. Um, tell me to do French seams. And I have no idea what you're talking about. Drafting. But um, if like, if you hand me the pattern and this amount of fabric and say, make this, I can get it done regardless and it'll look pretty good it's just that i don't know any of the technical terms or anything so when we first met we realized hey between our two extremely different backgrounds in sewing we can do pretty much anything and um, the first time we put that to a test i had uh, waited until the last minute um we had just started dating and i was um getting ready to go out to WonderCon with my siblings and i hadn't finished i was doing a dress from a web comic and it was a full white dress covered in fake flowers and um we were able to get it from a draft to a trionable dress so not embellished but um we were able to start drafting and then have it constructed in two hours Whew. And then that was when we realized, hey, we work really <laughs> well together. That's some turnaround. Fun. And yeah, and then we got it completely finished and it looked awesome. It was so much fun. And then getting to see all the pictures of you at WonderCon and then I was like, you know, I, I really think that I might give this a shot. Okay. okay. Yeah. So yeah, definitely yeah. sewing is where we're most And um, I'm, I'm learning then, uh, yeah. foam carving right now. I've, um, I also have a background in jewelry making um, and metalworking, um, and that's always just kind of been a hobby, but I've really enjoyed getting to incorporate that into cosplay lately. And then I've taken some of my uh, sculpting, like with clay and stuff experience, and taken that into foam carving, um, which yeah. isn't really fun. I made her, her keyblade, um, all of the embellishments were carved out of foam. And uh, I'm not super confident in that yet, but I'm really enjoying learning about it. And um, we're really hoping to try some foam armor soon. We haven't decided on exactly what we're gonna do with that, but it's we really want on to on the list. <laughs> on the list. Yeah. You Need to find a character. Yeah. You kept mentioning Keyblade. That got my interest. Which Keyblade did you make? Um, it is a fake Keyblade. We made a uh, Kyrie's Keyblade, but in black and white for oh. Nominee. Ah, uh, okay. That was fun. And then I um. I don't remember what you said the charm on it originally was. I don't know anything about Kingdom Hearts. Um, so instead of, yeah, instead of the star charm that she normally has, we did a uh, crayon since uh, Nominee is using a lot of crayon. Right. You know, that's kind yeah, of her yeah, motif. Yeah. Um, and then we decided to stick with the kind of black and white, and we still wanted to paint more on that. Yeah. Um, but we were sticking with kind of the black and white since she is kind of a grayscale copy of Kyrie. Right. right. Okay. Well, uh, if there's nothing else that you girls want to talk about, um, I guess we could wrap up. Uh, any last-minute thoughts you guys have or conventions, characters, anything cosplay-related you wanted to? Well, I can think of. Just oh. enjoy yourself and don't be scared. <laughs> yeah. I had a lot of fun doing the... Uh, um adora's princess prom dress from the new she-ra show oh, and that yeah. was uh the first time because we've competed before and we've won like smaller awards before but never um they've all kind of been at one convention so this was the first one at a different convention where we won a judge's choice award and that was really fun 
Um, I guess the other thing connected to that is that when we do compete in something, we generally do a choreography that is not something you would associate with a disabled cosplayer. So I've actually had issues before um, where, not at that convention, at a different one, um, where we did our Laundry Poison <laughs> Ivy and Harley Quinn. And um, I had a judge get very upset with me because I'd used a wheelchair all day and then I walked across the stage and kind of danced across the stage. And um, she was just furious that I've been using a wheelchair when I obviously didn't need it. And so just kind of, what you see someone do in a cosplayer convention setting is something that like I personally especially save up for for weeks. So I will like skip out on a lot of things. I'll take extra doctor's appointments, stuff like that so that I can do these things. And it's really nice to be able to see what I can do when I push in pushing my limits sort of a thing. So yeah. we actually had a moment um, in our Catra and Adora choreography where I lifted her in the air. And it was really cool that we were able to do that without kind of being challenged, I guess. Yeah. Because it is something I'm capable of doing once every six months, yeah. very carefully under physical therapist supervision and all of that. But definitely, I guess, if you have similar limitations and you're considering something like that, definitely check in with yeah. the physical Work therapist. Work with a doctor or somebody if you, because um, again, don't be scared and let it hold you back if you want to try dancing or something for a performance. Um, just make sure that you're going about it safely. And most physical therapists are really excited and happy to work with you. Um, if you have mobility limitations or strength limitations, just go and say, hey, this is the thing I want to do. and uh, how can we make this happen? So do it, but do it safely. <laughs> and if you see, and conversely, if you see someone doing it, don't assume, assume that it's because they're using things they don't need. Assume, hey, that's really cool that you can do that, okay. even though you have these issues. And don't infantilize a disabled cosplayer and assume that they could, they can't do this thing that they say they're going to do, or that they obviously couldn't have done it safely, or that. Um, you know, that they're not, that they didn't make their own stuff or anything like that. Because um, just kind of always assume competence with pretty much everybody, um, but especially with anyone who might be visibly disabled. Um, just walking up to someone and saying, oh, who, who made your wheelchair build or whatever, just don't assume that it wasn't them because they're incapable of making things. Yeah. And I haven't really had that much of a problem, but I know that that's a problem in a lot of, uh, visibly disabled people's day-to-day -day lives is getting really badly infantilized and people assuming that uh, they're incapable of doing things. I don't know, have we run into stuff like that at cons before? Not so much, just, no, that hasn't really, yeah. That's more a day-to-day -day life thing. That's but, good, that's uh, good. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, um, yeah, I guess we could wrap up. So, um, awesome. yeah, thank you girls so much for joining me. Um, if you guys uh, want to follow Allie and Evie, just check out their uh, Instagram page, uh, Hope and Feathers Cosplay. Um, and then you can follow my blog, uh, Lightning Palace, uh, along with my uh, Patreon. It, it's free to view, but um, if you pledge, I can send you stickers that I got commissioned. So those are always fun. And... <laughs> 
Uh, one thing I want to say that I'm going to try out that um, if anyone who's listening has a topic idea that they want me to discuss so that I can try to either branch out into getting more guests or branch out more into doing um, solo episodes by myself. Um, if you want to send me to, uh, cosplay topics to talk about, just send me an email. Um, I think it's linked somewhere in all my social medias it if you go to my blog you'll find it so um just wanted to throw that out there and see what happens so yeah thank you girls so much and thank you all for listening and i'll see you next time bye thank you for having us bye. no problem <laughs>